What's going on, everybody? This is DeVore. You are tuning in to the Not For The Bay podcast. You can listen to also Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and all other major streaming platforms. Uh, tonight, we're going to be discussing, obviously, the Brooklyn Nets uh, loss to the <clears throat> Charlotte Hornets uh, this evening. Also, we're going to be touching on the possible, possible receiver trade scenarios that the New York Jets can possibly pull off. Uh, we're going to recap the Deshaun Watson press conference. And also, last but not least, we have the Miami Heat losing streak concerns. Uh, this episode of the Not For The Bay podcast is brought to you by Bet Us, where you can receive over 125% in bonus, bonuses Excuse me, upon sign-up. So go ahead and click that link in the description and type in the promo code JOIN125. Now, tonight's tonight's bet happens to be the Charlotte Hornets and the and the Brooklyn Nets. I end up taking the Brooklyn Nets on the money line. Unfortunately, that did not pan out the way that I was expecting it to pan out. But first things first, we guess we're going to go ahead and just kick it off with the the recap of the Brooklyn Nets. Excuse me, the Charlotte Hornets and the Brooklyn Nets um, tonight happened to be Kyrie's first first time playing on the home floor in Brooklyn. Unfortunately, they end up suffering a loss of the Charlotte Hornets, one nineteen to one ten. Now, I'm uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just chalk chalk this game up to coming down to where the Brooklyn Nets just couldn't just couldn't hit from the three point line tonight. They just they ended up ha- having t- shooting twenty twenty percent from a three point line, where the Charlotte Hornets ended up shooting fifty three fifty three percent from the three point line, and into the second half. Um, I felt like LaMelo Ball really, really did a phenomenal job hitting hitting seven threes in the second half, finishing the game with 33 points and, and nine assists. And also Miles Bridges was 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 on fire, too, as well, finishing with 24 points was was pivotal uh, down the stretch during during the second half of the of the game, too, as well. But the struggles, the struggles of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, tonight um shooting obviously shooting less than than 50 from the field Kyrie couldn't get anything going uh, along the perimeter same thing with Kevin Durant and like I said I felt like that was that was that was more towards the fact that they just could not hit none of their shots tonight now Andre Drummond stepped up big time I felt like he was the x factor during the course of this game because of the fact there's just so much attention drawn to Kyrie and, and and Kevin Durant, where you're one on one with whatever big man you have down there, with whether it be uh, Plumley, he was just dominating down there. Andre Drummond was just dominating down there with with 20 points and 17 rebounds. He was able to get whatever he wanted uh, during the course of the game, but obviously did not did not result in a win. So, looking at it now, we're looking at the Brooklyn Nets are currently sitting at the ninth seed 
And obviously during any given any any given game, you could lose possibly one game. Now, am I am I concerned about the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, yeah, a little bit because we are we are we are teetering in, uh, towards that tenth that tenth seed, and it could possibly end up fa- falling out of the playoffs. But at the same time, um, I'm 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 confident in more in the Brooklyn Nets than almost any other team uh, in the East right now. Uh, I feel like they're going to be able to to bounce back um to bounce back in the in the next game but uh the the, the charlotte hornets did definitely showed some resiliency because they was down down early in the game and they was able to 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 put together some drives where they was able to put put player excuse me put points on the board i'm sorry uh but yeah i'm i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and just ch- just chalk this one up to just the brooklyn nets was in it, the inability to be able to put down shots and Tonight, that's just the Charlotte Hornets were just able to were just knocking down their shots, just they were just able to knock down their shots. Like this was a regular game for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, did like the step up of again Andre Drummond, Seth Curry, uh, Bruce Brown, and also uh, Nick Claxton. I feel like is going to be is going to be going to be huge down the stretch. Um, but yeah, it, it it just came down to just the lack of them able to being being able to hit their shots tonight um 53% like i said from the from the three point line for the for the Charlotte Hornets um it it was just tough but on on the bright on the bright side for the Brooklyn Nets i feel like defensively they're getting better um that trade with the Philadelphia 76ers the acquisition of Andre Drummond and Seth Curry was good especially on the on the defensive side uh specifically talking about Andre Drummond for you to be have that defensive anchor down there to be able to um get boards and also being able to take off some most of the attention off of Durant and, and Kyrie Irving. I feel like that's going to be huge down the stretch. Now <laughs> Ben Simmons, because like we we are all waiting. We are all sitting here and waiting when we're going to actually see a Ben Simmons actually hit the hit the floor uh in uniform and actually play his first game. We're coming down. We're coming down to what the last couple of weeks of the se- of the season. Shoot, this playoff starts April. No, the playing game starts around like what April twelfth, if I'm not mistaken. So we probably got like what two, maybe three weeks, if I'm not mistaken, before we got to get to the playing. So at some point in time, I feel like Ben Simmons has to hit the floor for him to get his feet under him. Like he, I don't feel like you could just put him into a playoff atmosphere and him not have him establish a rhythm like he's never played with these teammates before um this is it's definitely going to be something difficult for for them, him to be able to figure out during the course of any playoff series and you don't want to let that be one of the sole reasons why you end up falling to teams that you should not be falling to in the playoffs but it's just the update obviously he took the he took the epidural last week due to a herinated disc in his back um, they're saying he's they're playing it there. It's a day by day situation. I uh, can't wait till the next update to see what's going on with that one. Uh, but they're, they're, they're being optimistic about it. Um, I'm I'm not going to hold my breath. Like I said, I cannot wait to see Ben Simmons hit the floor, how he's able to gel with his uh, with his Brooklyn Nets teammates. And we're just going to we just again, we're going to continue to play this thing by ear. Uh, when it comes down to when it comes down to a Ben Simmons. Now, I want to go ahead and get into the second seed for for the 
for the Eastern Conference. The second seed for the Eastern Conference, where we have the Miami Heat. They're, they're currently on a losing streak right now. They just lost their they just lost the first seed. Uh currently sitting right now, if I'm not mistaken, is the Philadelphia 76ers with the number one seed in the East right now. Um literally the Miami Heat on a four-game losing streak right now. Uh last night end up losing to the Brooklyn Nets. Um took losses to the took losses to the New York Knicks, took losses to the Golden State Warriors without Steph Curry, Draymond, and Klay Thompson. Um took losses uh, to the Philadelphia 76ers without a Joel Embiid and a James Harden. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of hostility going on with the Miami Heat, obviously with the with the with the uh meltdown on the sideline with head coach Eric Spolster, Jimmy Butler, and Udonis Haslam. Um it ended up carrying over to last night's game when they end up, I believe they was down by like what 37 points. Uh, last night versus the Brooklyn Nets. So at some point they're going to have to try going to have to figure this thing out uh moving forward with this with this team. Uh like I said, the playoff the playoffs are like right around the corner. Currently they sit at the second seed. And if they were somehow to get that number one seed back, they could possibly play the Brooklyn Nets in the playoffs if the Brooklyn Nets somehow get into the playoffs um with that eighth seed. So they definitely want to go ahead and fig- figure this thing out. Now, a lot of folks talk about the Philadelphia, excuse me, the Miami Heat injuries across the board. But last night, that was the first time in a while that they actually had their their preferred starting five in the lineup with Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Dunk, uh, Duncan Robinson, PJ Tucker, and Bam Adebayo, and they still was in. The down 37 points. So there's definitely there's definitely a pause for concern for the Miami Heat uh moving forward as we draw closer to the playoffs. Now we look at their next the next five games. They play the Sacramento Kings, the Boston Celtics, the Chicago Bulls, the Toronto Raptors, and the Charlotte Hornets. Um Sacramento the Sacramento Kings, I, I that's that's a game they should definitely try to get back on track with the uh, Boston Celtics, they're currently they're they're rolling right now. Um defensively, especially, they're able to take away the three ball. Um Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown are shooting lights out right now. The Chicago Bills are another team where I feel like they've 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 been struggling to find their identity again, where they could possibly steal one away from the Chicago Bulls, the Raptors. That could be a pretty, pretty tough matchup. And the Charlotte Hornets, I feel like um as we're coming down the stretch here they're starting to they're starting to get they're starting to take this thing a little bit more seriously and and, and, and you can feel playoff playoff atmosphere uh going on with the, with the Charlotte Hornets being able to turn up the intensity as far as the the, the their level of play uh, moving forward so it's going to be tough for the Miami Heat like you you could you could look at it as where they want to get out of the number one seed, where they don't want to play a possible Brooklyn Nets team, and they may possibly want to play any team but the Nets. But I'm not I'm not going to sit here and give it the benefit of the doubt. A lot of folks out here are talking about how the Miami Heat, like they have they have probably the, the one of the best coaches in the NBA. Um, how they handle how they handle the situation with the with the meltdown on the sideline. Maybe that was all according to plan. How to get to 
to spark up Jimmy Butler to improve his play. We don't know. Obviously, the response wasn't wasn't too good last night versus the Brooklyn Nets. Personally, I'm not the biggest believer. I'm not the biggest believer in in the Miami Heat. I feel like they're a superstar away from them actually being legit contenders. Like they're just, in my honest opinion, I just feel like they're just one of those teams that just is just there in the playoffs where they can they have a good they have a good record on paper, but when it comes down to the playoffs, they seem to fold to the superior teams with su- superior players. That's just that's just my honest opinion. So, but again, like currently sitting in the second place, I like the Philadelphia 76ers. Um I feel like they definitely can make some noise with that with that number 1 seed. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting matchup if the Philadelphia 76ers hold that number 1, if they hold that number 1 seed, they may end up playing the Brooklyn Nets in the in the first round. Interesting. Like even more reason for for a Ben Simmons to come back, which I kind of was like on board. I was pounding the table for him to play his first game before the first game in, 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 in Philadelphia before he ended up coming to the playoffs, because if he does come back for the playoffs, then we're going to have a big, huge issue with the fact that his chemistry and all that other stuff. So yeah, I felt like he should have, he should have came back sooner rather than later. Um, this 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 year, that especially if you end up having to have a matchup with the with the Philadelphia 76ers in in um in the first round. But we're gonna go ahead and transition this thing back to football. We haven't had a pod in what the past two or three days. Uh we ended up missing the the Deshaun Watson press conference. I wanted to go ahead and uh break this thing down for you guys. Uh, I know a lot of Cleveland Browns fans. Well, excuse me. I know that a lot of them are not very happy with the acquisition of a Deshaun Watson. Um, I, I basically, I think I've just spoken. Well, I know I spoken on just the perspective of him being an upgrade over Baker Mayfield because they made it a lot about Baker Mayfield as far as how he's been mistreated with the Cleveland Browns organization. But honestly, but honestly, if we're if if all laughing and jokes aside. Just breaking down this Deshaun Watson press conference. Now, in this press conference, he sat down with Deshaun Watson, the Cleveland Browns just general manager Andrew Barry, the head coach Kevin Stefanski, um, and obviously the like it was it was a war zone. I'm not even going to lie to you; it was definitely a war zone. A lot of questions about the uh, the, the 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 case, what's going on with the case, why the Cleveland Browns decided to do decided they wanted to trade for Deshaun Watson. We're going to keep it 100. We're going to keep it 100. Uh, first highlight was that the Browns hired their own private investigators to monitor the whole Deshaun Watson um, situation. Um, so I'm pretty sure they did their due diligence when it came down to trading for Deshaun Watson. I'm pretty sure all the teams did their due, their due, 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 uh, excuse me, due diligence as far as what what the what what stance is this the Sean Watson thing going to sit on? Is he going to be facing any jail time? Obviously, he, he was uh he was not found not guilty for the for the criminal the criminal cases. Uh, so I think at this point it all comes down to what the NFL's punishment is going to be. Um, as far as 
as far as the reporters asking of Deshaun Watson, like what 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 happened? What what what's the situation as far as what happened with the females? He kind of took the high road on that and 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 stated that it's an ongoing investigation. He can't really speak on it. Yada yada yada, which was which which is to be expected considering the fact that um it's it's a very sensitive subject. It's definitely a very sensitive subject. And he just he just states that he he he's never assaulted a woman. He's 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 a, like in, in in retrospect, he's a stand-up guy. He would never disrespect a woman. He he talks about his him being raised by his mom and he would never disrespect his mom or his or his aunts. So you you heard it from from the horse's mouth. Now with the whole suspension situation, because that was a question that was asked. Um, the Cleveland Browns, excuse me, Andrew Barry stated that they have an open line of communication with the NFL as far as the the whole suspension thing. Um, and as far as the Cleveland Browns fans, I'm, I'm, I'm like the way it, it sounded to me with the whole with Deshaun Watson. He's just going to try to continue to to build trust within the organization, and try to and try to try try to be better for for the fans. Because obviously, I, like I read, like I said, I read the comments, and it just seems like a lot of the fans are not Cleveland Browns fans anymore because of the fact they end up pulling the trade, trigger for the trade for the wrong reasons. They like, and I, I would, I would, I would prefer people to be upset about the fact that they pulled the trick on the trade because of what is surrounding a Deshaun Watson, not because you prefer Baker Mayfield over him. If, you, if that makes any sense, that that's, that's, that's basically my only issue with, with the fans right now, how they feel towards a Deshaun Watson opposed to a Baker Mayfield because they like, they prefer Baker Mayfield. Like that's just my only issue. Now the contract, obviously with the whole contract situation, But two, two hundred thirty-five million guaranteed. They made it fully guaranteed. That is probably the only thing that I have an issue with. The only thing that I have an issue with that they made that two hundred thirty-five million guaranteed. And I say that because, look, I get it. We don't know what happened behind closed doors, but I feel like Deshaun Watson put himself in them situations. This is what happened. This is this is this is what happened, and now you're gonna have to dig yourself out of this hole you you, you put yourself into because you put yourself in this situation. Now I, again, he was found not guilty guilty due to the 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 criminal cases, and you know how the judicial system works. It's uh, innocent till proven guilty. But again, it, you, can't, you just can't put yourself in in those type of situations, and especially with with public perception, especially public perception, where folks feel like if they if they strongly believe something, it's basically how they're 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 going. It's going to be the reality, and it doesn't sit well. Now, back to the contract because it's it, it's very interesting. Because of the fact that the, the amount of t- the teams that were on the table at the time, the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, obviously the Cleveland Browns, the Philadelphia Eagles, 
at there was a report that said that the Cleveland Browns were out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. And remember, remember, we had the discussion. I want to say it was probably like two days before that in the pod. In the pod, two days before that. And we can go, you can go back and check the tape if you want to. That I was like, man, the Cleveland Browns, now that I think about it, they got the depth on the roster for them to be able to pull it, pull a trigger like this off or a trade like this. And then two days later, they end up pulling the trigger on the trade. But anyway, going back to the going back to the money. Going back to the money, right? So the report was the Cleveland Browns were out. And then all of a sudden they were just put back in because they wanted to make the 235, 235 million fully guaranteed. Deshaun Watson would deny the fact that that's not the reason why he wanted to come to the Cleveland Browns. He wanted to make it some, you know, high road answer where it's a, it's a great, a great organization, which we all know it's a pretty terrible organization if we're being honest with each other, but he took the high road on it. He took the high road. So, again, my issue is I feel like you you rewarded Deshaun Watson with the, from the situation by fully guaranteeing his contract. And I can see that actually not looking too good. Not looking too good when you think about it. Consider the fact that he didn't play the whole 2021 season he sat out the whole 2021 season due to, fa- due to the fact that he did not want to play for the Houston Texans or it just was the fact that you just didn't you didn't want to play because you was distracted by the whole the whole allegation situation who knows but it just seems like a reward and i feel like it just came a little bit too premature and and it it just does not have a good look to it if we're being honest it just does not have a good look to it and i can and i can and it's like literally just adds insult to injury like no disrespect that like no disrespect to the women that possibly have had situations where they have been sexually assaulted um and i and i feel like that was that that's just not a good look i feel like that should have just been kept under wraps as far as the whole contract situation until probably when this whole thing was all said and done they should have been like okay we're going to go ahead and make the contract fully guaranteed that should have never came out should have never came out it just looks like you've just been rewarded for whatever and we're just going to go ahead and push for we're going to give you a fully fully guaranteed contract it just does not sit, sit look right it just does not look right in my honest opinion i'm sorry just the way i'm just looking at it it just does not look right but um i'm i i just hope i just hope things work out work out with Deshaun watson in cleveland um hopefully he can he can rebuild his reputation up um obviously if he's innocent rebuild his reputation up and where he can actually be loved by the cleveland browns fans um and go back to playing football because like the nfl definitely misses a a, a deshaun watson they call him michael jordan of football for a reason like this man he can make some plays like he literally can make some plays
So we're gonna we 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 gonna we're gonna transition to the New York Jets now, right? So considering the fact that the New York Jets they missed out on the Tyreek Hill trade, which ended up falling to the Miami Dolphins, which I'm extremely happy about. Like I can't wait to see what he can well. Not with two at quarterback. But anyway, getting back to the Jets. They missed out on Deshaun Watson. So they're looking to upgrade that wide receiver position because it's a big, huge question mark, with question mark considering the fact that Corey Davis, uh, his injury history, um, Braxton Brios, um, I don't see him as a number one. So there's three receivers out there right now that's going into a, that are going into contract years this year with uh, Seattle Seahawks, DK Metcalf, Tennessee Titans, AJ Brown, San Francisco 49ers, Debo Samuel. But I wanted to go ahead and put the microscope on the Seattle Seahawks, DK Metcalf. Last year, he had over 967 yards receiving and had 12 touchdowns. 6'4", 235 pounds of, of man. Remember coming out of the draft in 2019, why one of the biggest reasons why he ended up sliding so far in the first round was the fact that his inability to be able to run routes. But I'm I, I, if if I'm if I, if you're just thinking about it for real, like how difficult is it for you to teach a receiver how to run routes once you once you get to the NFL? Like you're 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 traded with professionals. Like you traded with professionals. Like how hard could that possibly be? How could he end up sliding so far in the first round, especially with this 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 physical specimen, 6'4", 235 pounds? Now, the reason why I wanted to put the microscope on the DK Metcalf was because of the fact that when I look at an A.J. Brown, I could I do not see him leaving out of Tennessee. I just don't. The same thing with a Debo Samuel. Like it's almost impossible. Like these two, these two teams are winning organizations right now. The winning organizations, and it, they'd be crazy for them to want to leave. Now, DK Metcalf's situation, unfortunately, is a little bit different, considering the fact that they just the Seattle Seahawks just traded Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos, and it's looking like the Seattle Seahawks are going to be in the dark ages for quite a few seasons. So. If you had any opportunity to get up out of Seattle, why wouldn't you want to take it? And I feel like, and I feel like the Seattle Seahawks definitely know that. Because when we look at like when we like I said, we're in the contract year right now. When we look at the last, let's say the the top four highest paid receivers annually, Tyreek Hill just set reset the market with Getting he's getting thirty million dollars a year from the Dolphins. Devontae Adams a couple weeks ago with the Las Vegas Raiders signed a new deal where he's going to get twenty eight million. DeAndre Hopkins gets twenty seven. DJ Moore for the Panthers twenty is at twenty million. So we've got Debo and DK coming up, where the bare minimum for DK is going to have to be at least twenty five million. At least twenty-five million, and looking at it, I'm thinking 
I'm thinking we uh, with, with with DK coming up. I'm I'm thinking he's gonna be getting at least 28. 28 and a half. Somewhere around the De- Devontae Adams. So for the Seattle Seahawks, I don't think they want to do that. I would like if we're going to rebuild, let's rebuild. Let's go ahead and try to get some draft compensation for it because you saw what the what the Dolphins had to give up. They gave up what a first rounder, a second rounder, a fourth rounder. Then they ended up getting another first rounder to next year, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Like, same thing with with Devontae Adams. You got a first and a second. So why not go ahead and why not go ahead and pull the trigger on that Seattle Seahawks? Go ahead and give up DK Metcalf and get even more draft capital for your team so you can get this get this rebuild completely under wraps where you can possibly be in a, a, a two maybe three year rebuilding stage and you ain't got to waste a, a DK Metcalf's career because he's gonna like you got to make a decision one way or another you can you can do it while he's under contract right now or you can go ahead and let him walk next year in free agency and it's going to cost you if you decide you want to excuse me place the franchise tag on him so that's definitely that's 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 definitely going to be interesting. Like DK Metcalf, like let's just think like possible trade scenarios. Like obviously we have the Jets on the table, with which with Zach Wilson he could definitely use a a perennial wide receiver. The the Detroit Lions. What about the Cleveland Browns? The Cleveland Browns could possibly give up some player depth to the Seattle Seahawks. Atlanta Falcons can even use one, but I doubt they'll uh, they'll end up doing that. Especially the fact that it's a contract year coming up. Quite a few, quite a few teams that could use a receiver right now. Quite a few teams, but don't have the respectable draft capital to be able to pull a trade like this off. But yeah, I I strongly felt like DK Metcalf was probably the the best candidate from that 2019 receiver class that was going to possibly be moved due to what the amount of money is going to be demand is what he's going to be demanding as far as him being one of the top paid wide receivers in football. So not a long pod today. Uh we'll probably be back a little later on this week, uh for sure. Um don't forget, bet us. If you, hey, you want to make some money, man, uh, be sure to hit, away to hit that link in the description. Uh, you can save over 125% in bonuses upon sign up. Just go ahead and type in that promo code JOIN125. Um, also, you can listen to Not for the Bay Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and all other major streaming platforms. This is the Not for the Bay Podcast. I'm about to hear, man. <laughs>